it is scary, but it was the best decision that I made in my life. And a lot of people, like you say, are scared to do it. And I'm always telling them the same thing. It's so cliche, but imagine that you're like, like I said, eight years old, you're going to regret it so much that you didn't try it. You're going to sit there and you're thinking, why did I stay for 20 years in the same company? Because I would rather have done this or that. And I know it's not easy, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Bart Smeets is a street artist specializing in hyper-realistic and photorealistic graffiti. Getting inspired by the characteristics of the wall he paints on as well as its shape and surroundings, he masters the art of painting extremely detailed and realistic artworks. He plays with 3D perspectives and shades to take his murals to a whole new level and get this message across. Can't wait for everybody to come over to the Gravity Experience Park and see Bart's unbelievable shipping container mural. Uh, really enjoyed having him in Columbus. He loved Columbus. You'll hear more about that on this episode. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, we are here today on the Gravity Podcast with Bart Smates. And, Correctly. Uh, got it. Good. Yeah. Bart's here doing an incredible mural on our shipping containers uh, over at the Gravity Experience Park and uh, just finished up yesterday. It's awesome. Come over, take a look at it. Park's going to open up in um, late fall, early winter, and uh, I'm not sure when this episode will be released, but come over to the park, check out Bart's work. And Bart, thank you for taking some time to join me on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's really been a pleasure for me to get to know the artists that have been working here at Gravity and bringing in local artists, but also artists from all over the world. Yeah. And um, I understand this is your first time in the United States. Yeah, first time in the United States. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and you came to Columbus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's not um it's not new york city it's not los angeles but you know what are your first impressions uh, i really like the neighborhood it's like it has this kind of artist feeling about it you have yeah. like old factories with uh, studios from artists because yesterday i went to check out the studio of two of the people who are painting one of the other shipment containers yeah and it's super awesome inside. Yeah, yeah. It has this really kind of a relaxed feeling, this area. Yeah. So because you never know where you where you will be when you you just see like the picture of what you're going to paint. Yeah. And then you know you're gonna stay in the area, but you don't know the area. So yeah. I was I'm really happy with the area. Absolutely. Nice, yeah. nice, good, good. Well, on the podcast, we've been really trying to show people the the journey to the work that they're doing. So um I'd love it if you would start at the beginning and just talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and your early childhood, your family, you know, whatever stands out to you that would be important from those early days. Huh. Yeah, it was already very clear when I was a little boy, I was drawing all the time. So when I was a child, I wanted to become like a comic book artist. Mm -hmm. So I was drawing, drawing all the time. My Parents, they sent me to an academy like on Wednesday afternoon or on Saturday. So I never had like a big plan. Like I want to, that's what I want to achieve. That's what I want to become. But it was certainly something with drawing. And then um, 
I started doing graffiti when I was like 16 years. I met a guy in art school because I did like, let's call it normal school. Mm -hmm. And my parents, yeah, they really wanted me to have like a normal, decent education. But I was all the time asking them, please send me to art school. Please mm. send me to art school. And then at the age of 16, they said, okay, you can, <laughs> you can change school. You can go to art school. So I went to Brussels to an art school. I learned a lot of different things. And for me, the most important thing that I learned was like a model drawing. Because mm. then you learn how to, you learn about anatomy. You learn about getting the proportions correctly and mm. stuff like that. And was when I went to art school, I met a guy and he did graffiti and I got interested. Mm. So I was like, hey, can you teach me? And he, I was started doing some commissions with him, some small stuff, but it was really like a basic graffiti because I couldn't handle a spray can. I was still mm. 16 years old, so I still had to learn so much. Mm. Tell me, sorry, just to jump in there for a second. Tell me going back to this First of all, where were you living before you went to Brussels? I was living in, a, it's called Eilewad. It's Let's say it's a little town um, next to, in the middle of, you have, Belgium is like, for you guys, it's like super small. And when you don't live in the city, you really don't live in the city in the States. If you, mm -hmm. But I didn't live in the city, but it was with my bike, like 20 minute drive to the city. So, okay. Yeah, gotcha. that's where I lived in a small town and I met all of my friends that I have today that are still the friends that I met when I was a little boy in the yeah. town where I lived. Awesome. Yeah. And and so your parents wanted you to go to normal school. Yeah. It's sort of a normal thing that parents might want. Tell me about them and sort of where their interests were and background was. And yeah. They were like my father, he passed away. My mother, she's still alive. And both of them were teachers. My mother, she... Yeah, you know, she taught like chemistry and maths, like really school things. And my father, he was like, um, he teach guitar lessons. Mm. He was like a music teacher. Okay. And it is also thanks to my father that I changed school because he always wanted to be like a musician and his parents, because yeah, they were from a, they had a lot of children and they also wanted that he has good uh, education. So they, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. So I had like, because my mother told me afterwards, they had like a discussions and my father said, no, if he wants to go to art school, he has to be able to go to art school. So it was my father who like made the final decision. He can change school and he can do it because most of the parents, they want you to finish it like normal school and afterwards you can choose, but I changed halfway. So mm -hmm. it's thanks to my father who was, wasn't able to do what he wanted to do when he was young that I could do what I that I could have changed school. So, yeah. mm, so your your father was was a musician, yeah, and um, professionally was teaching music. Yes, yeah. So he so also an artist, yeah, and a different kind of art. But he he you know uh, probably inherently appreciated what that meant to be creative, to be able to step into that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's why he made it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And my grandmother, so, so his, the, the mother of my father, she was also very talented in drawing. And he also has like two sisters that are really good in drawing. So it's a little bit part of the family. Part of the family. Yeah. 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 Well, that's also kind of fascinating to me too, because, you know, people might argue it's in their DNA, it's genetic. You know, a lot of people will make the argument that, um, 
they're not talented. They don't have that talent. They just weren't born creative like that. And I challenge that. And I wonder, there's obviously a tremendous amount of skill. And there's also a thing that you can't ignore, which is like, this is what you were passionate about from a very, very early age. But, you know, I wonder sometimes just how much of that like becomes a part of your environment and who you're around and the acceptance of permitting the creative act as opposed to stifling it, how important that is in, in really becoming an artist. Cool. I guess I'm like, I'm pretty convinced that everybody has a talent, but a talent can also be like a good speaker or mm -hmm. being good around people, or it can be a lot of different things, but you can also learn almost everything just if you do it enough, yeah. you can become good at it. If you have talent, the progression is much faster. And I think you can reach a level that it's much harder to reach when it's not your talent. So, And I have a talent for painting and drawing, but I don't see myself as like somebody super talented. I've seen like people in art school were like super talented. Mm. And that for me was still something different, but it is important what you do with it because I know a couple of them and they just nothing against the profession because they be, they became for example a bus driver mm. because they didn't do anything with their talent mm. and i've been yeah working very hard i've been painting a lot and so i made a lot of progression because i put a lot of time and effort in what i'm doing so i've become much better but it's not like this that it happened i put, yeah. a, I put in a lot of time and i study anatomy i study color how to work with color and i went to follow painting classes in the evening. So I try to develop my talent, mm -hmm. but it's also like who I am. Like you say, it's a passion. It's not a hobby. Mm -hmm. A hobby is, I also have hobbies, mm -hmm. but my passion is, it's who I am and making a living out of your passion. That's like the best thing there is. Mm. Yeah. Amen. I don't know if you know some of the artists that have worked here. Yeah. Okuda, uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Adele, who yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. also know her work. Yeah. yeah, so she was on the podcast and talked a lot about that, that if art is a hobby to you, nothing wrong with that, but you're never going to be great at it. It does require a lot of work. And yeah, I want to kind of go back to you being 16 and starting to discover graffiti. I mean, and that idea of like talent. And I think people don't really get to get from being talented on some spectrum and then being a working artist performing at a high level, the amount of work that just has to go into that. It's not just talent will only take you so far. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, now with like the shipment container, it's pretty big, but I don't like much bigger projects, like four times the height that I'm doing right now. But it's also the, like you start with small walls and the first really big wall that you're painting, you're stressing out because mm -hmm. it's so, you don't know how to do it. It's so big. And then you do a couple of more do you, and you do some more and you become confident because you know very well how you're going to approach it. But it's also a learning process. Everything is a learning process. And there are also so many good artists in the world right now. So it's 
I don't see it like competition or it doesn't pull me down. It just motivates me when you mm. see people making really great stuff that is so much better than what you are doing or have this kind of talent and skills that you don't have. It only motivates me to work harder and try to become better. Because first of all, I'm doing this for your company, but in the first place, I'm doing it this for myself. Mm. I want to be happy with what I'm doing. I want to feel confident and happy in the evening every day when i stopped painting i couldn't wait to start again the next day because mm -hmm. this is my work this is what this represents me so i want to have a good feeling about it so i'm always painting just for myself mm. amazing i just had um another friend of mine on the podcast recently and we were talking about being of service he runs a nonprofit, and um it is amazing you know what you do that it can be for self. You love it. I, I love to hear that you feel that way, that you want to get to work. And, yeah. and I paint as a hobby. And today, I mean, I would like to, to paint more over time, you know, because I, I get that same feeling of wanting to do more of it. And, and the, the act of being creative is such a, uh, a wonderful energy. It just, it fills you up. And it's always nice to hear, you know, a working artist who, um, you know, feels that way still. But the thing about it is it might start with you, but it's making such a difference on so many people. I mean, the, the piece that you're doing here, I, I think it's, you know, in part because it's the shipping container and maybe it's even, you know, kind of like where it's situated in the neighborhood but people are texting me regularly just like in awe of how awesome it is. It changes how people interact in their lives by just, you know, walking around a neighborhood and, and stopping and seeing something that, you know, moves them. It, you know, it, it, yeah. it really has the potential to make such a, a beautiful impact on a lot of people. Yeah. And also because I'm, always I am mostly painting outside so you're as an artist you're super approachable mm -hmm. for people you're just standing in the street and here also a lot of people they came talking to me they really like it they're taking the selfies mm -hmm. because they yeah they want to show it to somebody mm -hmm. and I love the contact with the people because often people also ask me what is the name of your work or does it has a title but and I don't really like giving a name or a title because it already gives like um gives some kind of a direction to people what they have to think about what i'm doing and i prefer more i did a really big mural in the netherlands and people also really liked it and they start giving it a name and in the end like this that was a what everybody called the piece that i did so i thought that it's really nice it's nice that it doesn't have a name but that the name exists through the people who live there and who see the painting every day. And that's something also want to happen here, that it's nice if people just give it a title. Because if you give it a title, for example, Lost Boy or something like that, you always you already push them in a mm -hmm. direction to how do you have to approach his work? What do I have to think about it? Mm -hmm. And ah, it's some kind of a lost boy. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it, that's what I prefer. My pieces are like, you can see it like a movie still. It's like one moment in a story, mm -hmm. but you can make your own story. And that's what I want to do with my work. You can make mm -hmm. whatever you want to make up in your mind what it means. It's correct. There mm -hmm. is like no real 
one truth or one story that is the story that I'm trying to tell. It's what people make of it. That's cool. I, I, uh, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about how you landed where you have, but I just, as long as we're here, I have a couple questions. One is, and we could just start there. I, I heard you say you wake up, you get excited. When you come to Columbus or start any project, do you still have anxiety? Do you get nervous, anxious, you know, kind of self doubt about whether or not like you can do it, whether that be the size or the timing or the, you know, the, the end product, you know, do you still have those sort of internal nerves? Absolutely. But it's more like logistically. I mean, like now I had to order a lot of spray paint. Uh huh. And the spray paint, normally when I ordered it online, it should have been here, like, that's what the website said, like 5th of September. And then it finally, it arrived five days later. So that's something that I'm stressing mm -hmm. about. I've seen pictures of the sculpture, so I was confident, okay, this looks really nice. Mm -hmm. I also knew that you have worked with other big names, so I know, okay, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So with the lift, everything is okay. Where I'm staying, I'm not really stressing I don't stress about it, but it's mostly logistically. And also I need like, a, as soon as I get started and I start sketching, then all the stress disappears. It's a little bit like when I did exams when I was younger, mm -hmm. before the exam, I was stressed. And as soon as it started, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I don't, I have no doubts that I will like totally mess up. But sometimes you want to see are the colors that I, that I've chosen, is it going to work the way I want it to work? And as soon as you see like, okay, this is, this is going very well, then confident in what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the other thing that I wanted to ask you is I love the idea. And if you look at your work, you know, you really do leave it open for interpretation and naming, but I wonder, you know, what does it mean to you? Um, and maybe specifically this piece, but also just in general, do you come into it with with a meaning that you have, even if it's not one that you share? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Sometimes I have like an idea what I want to design, and I, I succeed in like designing exactly what I wanted to design. And sometimes because I I look up a lot of images and pictures when I have an idea, like I want to have like, a, for example, like in this case, I want to have a boy in a certain position. And then on the way that I'm looking for my images, I find something else. And in the end, it becomes something totally different because the process of making the design just pushed me in another direction just by finding other images, seeing other things was like, okay. And then it ends up being a design that I really like, but that I it doesn't feel like I really invented it. It feels like it happened to me when in the process when I was making it. And I, I not always, I not always have like a good idea about it. It's more like this give me a certain feeling or like a composition that really works well. But what does it mean? I don't know exactly what it, what it means. It just like it works when mm -hmm. I see the image. I'm like, okay, this this is like a nice design to paint and. It's easy to f like figure out the story afterwards. Mm. That's something that you learn when you go to art school. Like you always have to explain yourself. And mm -hmm. when somebody has like a better interpretation of what you're doing, yeah, you go along with it. And 
sometimes people see stuff in my work that I'm thinking, like, okay, that's really nice. That's really nice. So mm-hmm. I'm not always like on to answering your question. Sometimes I design something with a story that I really know about, and sometimes it just happens, and I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. And and the piece that you did here, what does it mean to you when you look at it? For me, it's it's a little bit like it's a child who is still um, at the start of his life with endless possibilities, and it's like trying to reach for the stars. It's an ex- expression that you have, mm-hmm. and. I'm playing it because he's trying to touch like the reflection of the moon in the water. So he's trying to reach for something or trying to go somewhere or evolve in a certain direction that is still like exciting because like when people discover to visit the moon for the first time, it was quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So you can have like a lot of connotations, but most of all, I want, I also want something that, how do you say it? It's a little bit, cheesy but i wanted to like give a good feeling to people when they see it mm-hmm. because i could also make some more dark stuff mm-hmm. but you always have to keep in mind or you have to be like this really famous artist then you can do whatever you want but i make something that is going to be part of a community of an area so i also want to create something that people feel good about when they see it, that they are like okay i like this a lot somebody was telling me yesterday or the day before, I really like the softness in the work and the dreamy vibe. So if it gives people a good feeling, I think I achieved what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me just, um, this is really a selfish question because I'm just, I no admire and, and aspire to be an artist, but I, I'm curious, like, it, not just in art, I think, you know, in business and life, like the more that you bring yourself forward into the work, bring your past forward, your experience, you know, your essence, who you are as a human being. I'm kind of curious, you know, about how much of that is true for you. You know, how much of your desire to leave something in a community that's positive or to make people feel a certain way or the specific images or, or anywhere else where you feel like you're really, it's an expression of you. Is that true for you? I think there is really a lot of me in my work because I'm, it can be sometimes annoying. I'm an extremely positive person because to get me like angry or sad, it takes a lot because we, I have so much, good things in my life people are complaining easily but i can go i have good friends i have a good life i can go to the restaurant i can go to bars i can my passion is my job so i'm feeling like most of the time super happy also because i used to work as a graphic designer for 13 years so i know also what it is to work from nine to five mm-hmm. in a, it was a kind of communication agency so the time that I like broke free, that I decided, okay, I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna try to live from my passion. It wasn't easy the first two, maybe even three years, but now it's going super well. So every day I'm like, okay, I'm so lucky that I can do what I wanna do. So I think that positivity is also reflected in my work. So I, I should be, I think I'm cheating if I was gonna try to make something more, let's say, aggressive or artistically difficult or sad or 
too conceptual. This is who I am. It's easy, approachable what I do. It's positive, but I th- like, like, I, like I said, I think I would be cheating if I tried to be like too artistic or mm-hmm. too, well, because my work in the beginning, you're absolutely, um, you see other people's work and it really inspires you. But in the beginning, you're maybe copying too much because mm. you don't have your own style of your own direction and it's not easy to find your own path. But it slowly evolves because what I'm doing right now, it has all these little parts of uh, artists and work that I've seen that I really like. And I think it's nobody reinvents the wheel. Everybody has their influences. That's what I was looking for. So in mm-hmm. the beginning, you're too much influenced by, by what you're seeing, what you like. And you're, I want to be like this. I want to be like that. And you're painting like that guy or like that guy. But slowly it disappears and you're making your own work. But you still have like these little fragments of influences in your work but it becomes your own and so i'm happy with the style that i have for the moment and maybe it's gonna evolve maybe it's Mm -hmm. gonna change i hope Mm. because i don't want to do like the same thing all the time yeah well well, how much do you experiment you know i'm uh, let me just kind of get in there a little bit more with you because uh again selfishly like i wonder how much you need to guard against the influence getting in, you know, how that starts to like sway you um, or keep you from just like freely, you know, kind of coming forward, expressing yourself, finding your own way, you know, in, in my own, you know, kind of amateur uh, hobby here. Like I, I intentionally, I got into painting just so I could have an outlet that was creative outside of my work and but immediately i found myself like wanting it to look good and then comparing and and looking at other artists and and i had to kind of like throw that all out and and just kind of like get messy with it and consequently like i still don't think it's very good but it it feels like it's like leading me towards what might be a style or a product that i i do feel good about mm-hmm. i wonder like and maybe we'll get back to your art school influence or even the graphic design influence. Like, I wonder how much of the influence is supportive and additive, the education, the development of the skill, and or how much of it needs to just be this like free thing that happens. But I guess um, I would say like it isn't even bad in the beginning to like maybe copy people, uh-huh. maybe even work try to copy the way they're working because you learn so much about technique or mm-hmm. why they're doing what they're doing. So if you're honest about it and you say, okay, I know it looks a lot like that artist of it's really close to that artist, what I'm doing, but I'm learning the way they like build up their image, the mm-hmm. way they put a composition on the mural or on the canvas, because I'm more influenced or influenced. I'm, more interested in like classical painting and like oil paintings than that I am in murals. But I still see a lot of stuff that I want to try out. And because I'm still using spray paint and it has so much disadvantages and a lot of people are working with like normal paint, Mm -hmm. but it's a different way of painting. And I'm a little bit scared to Mm -hmm. like paint big murals with um, normal paint. Mm So I'm thinking like, yeah, I want to find like in the town where I live a like really nice big wall mm-hmm. and I'm going to like 
pay for it, but I want to make painting just with normal paint to mm-hmm. test it to see how it goes. And I maybe in the future when, because now, like I told you, I had to wait for the spray paint and mm-hmm. every town has a, a paint shop. Mm-hmm. You can buy like a regular paint everywhere. They can mix all the colors that you want. So mm-hmm. you never have a problem getting the materials. But I think I'm a little bit too far from the question that you were asking. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, Let's go back to the question. Yeah. I think some influences are good because you learn a lot about it. You can study them. And I don't think it's also if you want to find your own identity, it comes floating to the top in the end because some people have like their own identity and it's also a lot of with graffiti and they start keep doing like the same thing nonstop and for like till the end and it's super recognizable it's that artist it's their style but often i'm wondering like yeah it's not exciting anymore when you see the work because it's all the time the same kind of thing so if you have artists that are suddenly like doing something totally different i think that's more interesting you can still see that it's them doing it mm-hmm. but you, because you have like an uh, mural artist axel void and the stuff that he does, I really, really like it. And it, it just paints with normal paint. It's very artistic. Mm. And he painted like a huge mural uh, at the sea in Belgium. And it were like two old people hugging and were two old people who lived in the building. So he had like the connection with the people living there. It was a super nice painting. And one year later, he did it again. And the thing that he painted was just like uh, wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Now the whole building has like this. And it's wallpaper from one apartment in the building that he found and he liked the Mm. He liked it and he painted. It's so cool because it's something totally different, but, and that's, it's exciting. And if I see people doing the same thing all the time and I'm a little bit in the, maybe I'm doing the same thing too much. So I'm, I have to reflect a little bit like, what do I want to do? But for mm-hmm. me, it's most like I told you, I want to switch techniques, but I'm a little scared to do it. So I want to test it out before I did some small murals with normal paint and it goes well, but. It's mm-hmm. totally different if you do really big. What kind wall. of paint do you use? Now it's just spray paint. No, I mean if you're gonna do just normal ex- paint. Exteri- exterior paint. Yeah, yeah. Just when you go to the shop and you yeah. buy exterior paint. Uh-huh. The cool thing is also with spray paint, you are limited to the um, color chart that they yeah. have, and you say, okay, you this mix. no, this yeah. blue is close enough to the blue that I really need. But yeah. if you can mix, you can make, yeah, you can make everything you yeah. want, and that's also something that excites me and i'm looking for that's why i love i love working with oil paint because yeah. now when i'm finished here and i fly back to belgium yeah it's gonna become winter it's gonna become more dark and yeah. i'm gonna take like three months off to only paint in my studio on yeah. camp yeah cool yeah yeah i'd love to see that work let's go back to what got you into graffiti and into outdoor art to spray paint you mentioned at 16. Yeah, I started doing it at 16 and it was like, it was really graffiti. It was like the, with with the, the pieces and the characters and the letters. So it was like real graffiti that we, that I did. And then at a certain point, I just stopped doing graffiti for, I think, maybe something like 10 years. But in that time, I went to art school again, but... I was still working, so I went to art school in the evening because I wanted to learn how to paint. Because, I, like I told you, I used to draw all the time and I wanted to become a comic book artist. But then I started learning how to paint and it's something totally different than drawing. It's nice when you have like drawing skills when you start painting, but it's 
totally different way of working. And I wasn't good um, in working with colors. So that's something that I learned when I followed the painting classes. And at the same time, like I told you, maybe 10 years later when I stopped, I met a guy at a party and he was like, ah, you're doing graffiti. I said, yeah, it's quite a long time ago that I did it, but yeah. And he showed some pictures on, on his phone of what he did. And I thought, wow, that's super cool. It was way better than what I was able to do. And he said, yeah, we have to paint together. I was like, okay, cool. And I started painting with him. So I started learning more techniques. And he stopped. He, he lost interest and he became like a graphic designer. Also a 3D artist, amazing artist. And I just continued painting, painting, painting. And I got pretty obsessed because in Belgium also you get like when you work, you get paid um, holiday salary. It means they pay you some extras in the summer for your holidays. And I just bought spray paint with that <laughs> money. And I went I went to all these legal zones. In Belgium, you have like certain legal zones where you can paint. And that's all what I, that I was doing. Every weekend, every time that I had like some free time, I just went painting, 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 painting. And then I started doing some small commissions and... Then I was thinking like, oh, it would be so cool if this would be my job. Mm. And then I started working part-time. So I had a little bit more time to paint murals, but still not that much. And then at a certain point, I I thought, okay, I have to make the step. So I quit my job and I here I am right now yeah. in Columbus painting. So. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, that jump that you took. Yeah. I think this is is really tough for people, you know, especially when they're, you know, a little bit further down the road and they're, you know, making a living and they're, you know, working professionally. And if you're working professionally doing something that sort of feels, you know, like it, maybe it's good enough. Um, but there's something out there that, that, you know, you think maybe you'd much rather be doing, yeah. you know, I, I think it's hard. A lot of people don't make that jump. So what was it that, that got you to really take the leap to do this? Yeah. First of all, I really knew what I wanted to do. That's also like a lot of people, they don't really know. Often if you ask them, what do you really want to do? Some people, they know it, but a lot of people, they have to think, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. But I was like, I, sh I knew I want to do this for a living. And I was thinking like, imagine that you're like 80 years old. You have to try something, otherwise you're going to regret that you didn't try it. Mm -hmm. You know, you there is a big chance that you're going to fail. But, you know, I have family who is uh, financially strong. There, everything is okay. So why don't try to take a guess, see how it turns out. And it was scary, absolutely, because it's also strange. Normally you go to work and all of a sudden you're at home all the time. Because in the beginning I had some small commissions, but also not that much. Mm -hmm. And you have like... <laughs> like my mother, she's a really nice person, but she was like, why are you quitting your job? Because, uh -huh. you know, you have like a car and you yeah. have like a good salary. And she was like worried, why are you yeah. doing it? And I was like, ah, I just need the opposite right now. Oh, yeah. I need somebody who says like, okay, go for it. And we believe in you. And yeah. I had my friends who were supporting me. And, and this sounds like I'm saying something bad about my mother, which isn't because she, but she just wants her son to have like... sure everything that is okay for him and know that he doesn't have to worry financially and stuff like that. But the funny thing is right now, she, you could almost call it tours. She shows her, her friends, yeah. my work. She's yeah. super, now she's super proud. <laughs> but in the beginning, it was hard for her to understand why I did it. But 
something that I had to do. And it, it was scary. And she helped me like two or three times financially, not much, but she gave me some money because I needed some money to, yeah. to survive. And mm-hmm. it is scary, but I, it's, it was the best decision that I made in my life. And a lot of people, like you say, are scared to do it. And I'm always telling them the same thing. It's so cliche, but imagine that you're like, like I said, eight years old, you're going to regret it so much that you didn't try it. You're gonna sit there and you're thinking, why did I stay for 20 years in the same company? Because mm-hmm. I would rather have done this or that. And I know it's not easy, but just do it, just yeah. do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think these things are cliche for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? And um, oftentimes they people don't say them because they're worried it's cheesy or cliche. Yeah. But, but the truth is, is like, you're right. I think you do just have to do it. I also think it's really important what you said that you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, and also believed I had like a strong belief that I'm was going to succeed in what I'm doing. Mm. Not in an arrogant way, but if you don't believe that you're going to succeed, you don't have to try it. So you you also need like this certainty inside of yourself, like, okay, if I go for it, I know that I'm I have this talent or this thing that I can do it and then and I will succeed. So that's my state of mind was also okay, I think. Mm. Well, explain the belief because I'm imagining it comes from all the hard work that led up to that point. But I'm wondering for people that are out there that might not have that belief, how do you get it? Or if people have it, you know, how are you sure that it really is that and it's not some sort of, you know, arrogance? You know, where did your belief come from? I think it's part of the fact that I since I was a little boy, I wanted to do something with art, with drawing and people around me also said like, this is something that you have to do later on. You're really good at it. And so you get some positive feedback from your surroundings. And also you see that you can reach a certain level of quality in what you're doing. And you know, like this is good enough to make a living out of it. I'm not sure if it's going to work. You're never 100% sure, but I was always convinced that, and even if I hadn't succeeded, and I still would have been painting in my free time. But now, um, I don't know why I believed it so strongly, but maybe also because I wanted it so badly. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess that is also, I saw I knew some people who were living from their art, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the same, and if they can do it, then maybe, also, I can do it. Yeah, I don't think that's a small thing either. You know, going back to your mother, you know, I think it's very normal for parents, especially, to be concerned, to care, to want, you know, what they think is best for their child, which ultimately is really what they want. It's sort of peace or joy or happiness or financial freedom, or mm-hmm. you want to see your kids happy. You might not necessarily know how they should do that, but you yeah, think yeah, you you yeah, think you yeah, do, yeah, yeah. and and so it's not just a, a parental thing; it's like a societal thing. Society will tell you, well, here's how you should be, right? This is the path, and so that can oftentimes you know really condition you towards a direction that might not really be the thing, 
that is going to give you what you want. If you see other people that are doing it, it can really inspire you. It opens it up. It says, oh, wait, there's more than one path here towards getting that feeling, that that fulfillment, that, that yeah, joy, yeah. the freedom, whatever. And that one feels more like the one I want to get on. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, you had that in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also realize that I'm part of the huh, lucky few. Mm. Because if you can, and it can be like singing, it can be dancing, it can mm -hmm. be, we are, I also have like a uh, profession that a lot of people don't really call a profession. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you don't, <laughs> a real job is from nine to five, from mm -hmm. Monday to Friday. So you don't have a real job, but I'm working very hard. So like I get up at seven every day, I paint it for eight, maybe sometimes nine hours straight. So it's also some kind of a envy or jealousy sometimes from people that are like, oh, a job can be that much fun because mm -hmm. my job is like <laughs> only fun. Yeah. So I also feel like that I'm not really having a job. I'm just a lucky guy who can, because I really, the way my life is right now, I fantasized about it. When I was at my work, I was dreaming like, oh, it would be so nice if people just contacted me to ask me to paint murals and stuff like that. And because graphic designer, I studied and I did it for 13 years, but never has been something I was passionate about or wanted to do. But I st when I was at my job, I was thinking, this is not such a bad job. I'm designing magazines, I'm designing this. People have worse jobs, you can like work in a factory and it's physically very, it asks a lot of you physically. I'm mm -hmm. just having a good time behind the computer, but I still have a boss that says me, how I have to do it and maybe I don't always agree but with his vision and so every day every day I still realize that I'm very lucky and that I'm not not being a graphic designer anymore not having a boss anymore just having all this freedom to do what I want to do the way that I want to do it and that's also an amazing feeling because mm. Sometimes they say, yeah, you have to be with your clients like this or you have to be like that and I was always thinking I just want to be me it's okay mm. you don't have to be like this or like that if you just approach it with this the right state of mind then i'm just myself all the yeah. time so i don't adapt like okay i'm in this kind of environment so i'm gonna be more like this or yeah. more like that um yeah. you know, if people have like a lot of money or stuff like that it doesn't really impress me i just do i like this person or don't i like this yeah. person so that's and I hope uh, that I'm try just try to be like a good person all the time. I treat people the way I want to be treated. Yeah, and that's also something. If clients ask, you feel they're like wanting you to do something that you really don't want to do, or the the vibe is not good. I mm -hmm. just say no, I don't, and I don't do the job. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that all sounds just like freedom, you know, mm -hmm. complete freedom. And yeah, that's I think really what it's about ultimately i think people are are really chasing that they don't necessarily know how to get it mm -hmm. you know yeah, they might yeah. think it's coming in other ways oh, i say they i mean me we all do it you know some more than others but you've really designed your life to be able to you know have that freedom in in your day and, I, and you've said this a couple of times and i just want to highlight it because i think it's important is it's really it's not the nine to five because actually the nine to five might be less work 
it's not a matter of the hours, right? It's really a matter of the experience that you have during that time. You know, you're, you're working longer than nine to five. Uh, now you might be able to take months off, but that's also a choice. You have the freedom to do it. Somebody with a day job, a, a boss, you know, might not. Mm-hmm. You could work 12 months out of the year if you wanted to. You have the freedom to not. But it, it's not about, I guess what I want to you know, make sure comes across, it's not really a matter of how hard you work. It's a matter of how you get to be with the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you also made a good point, like the freedom is also very, very important. I think that's something that everybody wants to achieve. But sometimes like a steady job gives you certainty and some people, they don't want to be like, don't have, want, want to have this kind of freedom because it will also make them feel uncertain about certain things because you have, you have to accomplish everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, could be yeah, scary. Yeah, it, yeah, because if I, you say I can take a couple of months off, but I also want to be sure that afterwards I still have something to do. Because in the beginning, I did everything. Now we have this little job for you, and I did everything because I have to pay my house. I, mm-hmm. There is so, so much. Sure. So I did, and it was stressful because I have like one week to finish this, and now when it's finished, I start with another job, and then, and now I'm approaching it totally differently, but also because I have the luxury to approach it differently. I have a lot of people contacting me about with some really nice projects, and yeah, I'm so I can choose the ones that I want to do. And like you said, I I work really hard for a certain amount of time. Like now I'm here, I get up every every day at seven. I paint all day long but once i get home i take like one or two weeks off that Mm -hmm. i'm not doing anything but that's like you said it's my choice because i could also say okay let's go in the studio right away and start painting and sometimes i envy other artists that are like that because some people are insanely productive and they really do a lot but i need this free time to like charge my batteries for the next project that I'm doing. And I also enjoy social life. <laughs> so I'm, I like to go to out with my friends, I do stuff and it's an important part of my life. So I don't want to be, some artists you don't, you almost never see them because they're only working and yeah. painting. And these guys are also, or women, they're also very talented and they evolve a lot because they are really full time yeah. doing what they're doing. Sometimes I'm thinking like if I would approach it like that, I would evolve even more and make more work and maybe even better work. But I need this balance between my social life and my um, work life because mm-hmm. now it's also, it's my job now. So it's, it isn't a real job, but it is my job. I understand. Yeah, it, it could get, you could lose some of that joy and passion yeah, and, yeah, and excitement and freedom if it becomes something that then you're, you know, having to do. Yeah, because some some people, they start living from their passion and then they do it so much that they get like... They lose it. An aversive reaction and they're, they don't like it anymore. It only became a burden to do and I don't want to be in that position. I yeah. just still want to enjoy it all the time. Yeah, that that that's kind of you know, again, why I started painting when I first started my business, creating these communities was my passion. And, and I still am very passionate about it, but it, it was so full time 
all the creative energy that I had was going into that, that it started to wear on me and become less enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And so having to pull back, find other things to do that are creative or uplifting or connecting, watching the, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix by the Blue Zone guy who uh, is going around the world to find these pockets where people are living to be 100 years old. And they're doing it without dementia and without cardiac okay, disease. Okay, yeah. And you know, one of the things that they find, it's actually pretty amazing because it's all pretty simple stuff. Yeah. But being with friends, being connected, having a, a good glass of wine, dancing, um, these are part of the reasons, certainly being active, having, you know, being of service, uh, having passion, you know, these things, you know, people are myself included, you know, out biohacking supplements yeah. doing all this stuff but if you if you look around the world at the people that are living the longest they're taking time to to have a drink with friends and it, and it's and it really matters yeah sure because i strongly believe that like if you have a good state of mind it's also good for your health right so i think both of this it's not only like okay it's important to not eat like junk food all the time to take care of your body but I also think if you're in your mind, you're strong and you be, you have like the good mindset that is also like a positive effect on your well-being, I think. so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And like you said, it gives energy and yeah, doing all these nice things. And I have a quite simple life, I think, and also exciting because of the painting and the traveling that I can do. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's it comes through in your work too. When I look at the work you've done here, it feels like, the words that come to mind are imagination and and you know kind of endless possibilities and and finding big ideas purpose freedom you know it it, it kind of all seems to come through um when i look at the little boy and you know the 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 moon it's it, these are like big sort of um aspirational I don't know, very joyous and, and innocent and beautiful uh, thoughts and feelings, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, kind of what I'm hearing about how you are approaching life and the work that you're doing. And, and it seems to be coming out in that work. Yeah. And also it's uh, like the, the word journey. Journey is also yeah. pretty important because all of my paintings have like this journey kind of a vibe. It's somebody who is like on a journey and it kind of be whatever kind of a journey and because my journey is i hope i'm pronouncing it quite okay <laughs> it's uh very important for me because mm -hmm. i'm really enjoying it and i'm feeling really blessed that it's good turning out the way it turned out because sometimes when i talk with some of my friends you have people they go let's say at the age of 12 or 13 they go to school and they have like this plan over their life already in their head like i'm gonna study this i'm gonna become for example say a lawyer or a doctor i want that kind of a house i want to live in that kind of neighbor i want i had like no plan whatsoever i just went to school and i love to draw and paint and that was it so and some of my friends they're the same they have no plan and in my case the plan just opened up to me like one day I started discovering okay I like painting murals I never had the plan like I want to become a mural artist but it happened and apparently that's what I love to do most so mm -hmm. I don't think it's 
always so that bad if you don't have a plan. I don't know why I'm saying this, mm. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, Bart, I, I appreciate you sharing your journey mm-hmm. here with me. You know, that is what we try to do on the podcast is really share the journey because, you know, I think we can all learn from each other. And in many ways, you know, we're all on our own unique but similar journeys. And um, yeah, it's awesome to to have you here and to hear your story and to have you bring some beauty and some inspiration to our community. And yeah, just want to give you a chance to any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience. We'll make sure they know where to find you. But um, yeah, thank you for taking time to be with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you so much for inviting me. And like you said, it's my first time in the States. I'm really enjoying it and I was really looking for it. And it's exactly what I wanted it to be. So people are super nice here. Mm -hmm. It's also, I know how bad my accent is, but I can speak English so I can talk to everybody, which which is always really nice. And it's like, we know the States from movies, from TV shows. So you have like this kind of an image, how is it going to be? And it feels sometimes like I'm in a movie when I'm right here right now. So I'm, and today, because this evening, I'm going to go out again with uh, Adam, uh-huh. Jessica's husband. Yeah. And we're going to, because that's also something that I want to say. It's totally irrelevant, but I love the IPAs that you have. In uh. <laughs> I love yeah. IPA and I'm yeah. com- coming from Belgium. We have like this beer culture. Yeah, Belgium, for the pe- people who know, it's like chocolate and beer, chocolate and beer. That's right. always what they're saying. But it's more like traditional beers and... Yeah, they didn't uh, follow up on the IPA hype. Let's call yeah. it like that. Yeah, we have some breweries who make some kind of IPAs, but they, yeah. they they're not good. And everything comes from the states or England. And yeah, it's so nice to be here and drink <laughs> live because they they yeah. don't reach us. We have yeah. we have good IPAs from the states, but there are a lot smaller breweries who don't export because it's so small. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying drinking all the IPAs. So, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, uh, shout out to Adam for yeah. so graciously, generously volunteering to drink beer with you yeah. over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, but that's that's awesome. And I love that your experience has been a good one. Yeah, here. yeah absolutely. I think, you know, um, we'll talk after we're off the air, but I, I'd love for you to explore more of the country. But one of the things that I think people miss is coming to places like Columbus to being in the Midwest. Um, Most people that travel to the United States, you know, like I said, they want to go to New York and to LA and, and those places are amazing. I love to visit those places too, but um, the, the kind of Midwestern kindness, openness, connectedness is, is way underrated. And, you know, I think it's wonderful that you've had a chance to kind of see America in yeah, this little sure. slice. Yeah, I felt at home right away when I arrived here. Mm-hmm. So it's this feeling like, okay, this is such a nice, it feels like I belong here. So that's, mm-hmm. I also love Berlin. Yeah. And I think this area has some kind of the same positive vibe as yeah. the east part of Berlin. Uh-huh. And yeah, people that's are, cool. yeah. This, yeah, well, yeah. To, to me, you know, and, I, and I've, I've been to Berlin and yeah, I mean, part of what we're trying to create in gravity and mm-hmm. in this neighborhood of Franklinton 
is what you're noticing, what you might see in Berlin, what you what you see in other real, you know, artistic, creative communities where, you know, there is a self-expression, there is a, a safeness, inspiration to be who you are, mm-hmm. whatever you're Absolutely. doing, you know, yeah. especially if you're an artist. So I'm happy to hear that you felt that way here. Absolutely. Yeah. Bart, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you you taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 